the Boston players love But Michael Jordan is not only the best basketball player, but he's the most exciting basketball player to ever play. Tatum fires away, pumps it in. The Big Three NBA Podcast is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Big Three NBA Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kwani Lunas, joined by Ashard Blakely and Gary Washburn. And first of all, we want to thank the people that have been listening to us when we were formerly known as the A-List Podcast. So for those of you who are new and just stumbled upon us, we're going to introduce ourselves really quickly. So, Gary, you have the honors. Who are you? <laughs> Well, I'm Gary Washington. <laughs> oh, if you can't tell already, he's always sick of us because yeah. we're annoying. <laughs> I've had enough. We're 10 seconds and he's already sick of us already. Exactly. <laughs> Gary Washburn, I'm the Celtics uh, reporter, national NBA writer, and a columnist for the Boston Globe. Look at that. He said that with some authority, like the Boston Globe. He like, got money. somebody. Rob <laughs> um, Blakely, I'm a uh, lecturer at Boston University. Also spent 20 plus years covering the NBA, including the Boston Celtics, uh, the Detroit Pistons, and uh, I'm just happy to be here and ready to give my. What's goblet. a lecturer? What's that? What's a lecturer? I'm sure your I kids. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure your kids know who a lecturer is. They didn't heard you for 20. You know. It means I talk a lot, Gary. Okay, I'm just saying. I didn't know that that was a profession. Go ahead. You've managed to make a living off of talking in every oh, wow. area there is. <laughs> a lecturer. I'm in, my, I'm in my element. Okay, yeah. We're proud of you. Kids, <laughs> with my gift of gap. There you go. Some would say a gift. And finally, I'm Kwani oh, wow. Lewis. I am a, yeah, that was a shot. I'm a social media producer slash digital host slash correspondent at NBC10 Boston, formerly of NBC Sports Boston where I was a production assistant and social media coordinator. So hence the Celtics background, obviously all three of us have been very immersed specifically in Boston, but overall the NBA, those two definitely have way more experience than I do, but we're going to take it as we usually do. We're going to start with the last game. I'm sorry to say, we're going to have to talk about this one. The Celtics lose to the Hornets in overtime after breaking a six game win streak at that. So let's start with your first reactions to that terrible ending to what could have been a good road trip. Well, it still was, but you know, you gotta be dramatic yeah. about it. <laughs> I mean, first, I'm, I'm not quite ready to hit the panic button or, For or sure. just, you know, you know, the sky isn't falling, you know, I mean, you know, Bill's still going to get paid. Everyone will be happy. They just lost the game. They lost the game that they had every opportunity to win. When you look at the way they played down the stretch, it was very atypical of what we see from the Celtics this season. Uh, they were not able to execute. Drew Holiday misses a couple of big free throws. Tatum loses a guy defensively. Tatum misses, misses, you know, a big free throw. You can just go down the line, and pretty much everyone had multiple moments of just brain farts on the Celtics part. Except maybe Peyton Pritchard, who I thought had maybe his best game of, of the season. Uh, but I, I'm not too freaked out about it. But I don't like the fact that they lost that game. They didn't play all that great against Memphis before that. And the game before that against Toronto, eh, they, they did enough to get the win. But it wasn't exactly – it didn't come as easy as I think it should have. And so there are some signs of distress, I think, and concern that fans should have. But I'm not quite ready to hit the panic button just yet. And I'm like Gary. Now, Gary, that's a different story. He, Gary, <laughs> how do you feel about it, Gary? Oh, my God. 
Um, I'm not. I'm con- I'm not concerned. I think you're going to win close, tough games in this league. I don't, I'm not as concerned about like the well. They didn't blow out Toronto. Mm-hmm. They didn't blow out Memphis. Those teams play hard. Um, you know, and, and played well. I, I just thought. I just saw some concerning things about the Charlotte game. Just um, the lack of execution down the stretch, the defensive slippage, um, just Jalen Brown doesn't seem quite right. You know, he's forcing things. He's trying to get his, you know, he's trying to contribute. And the way he knows how to contribute is by scoring. And that's not the only way he can contribute, but that's the way he knows, best way he knows how. And so on nights when, you know, he would probably best suited going, you know, 13, 14 points, 10 boards, a steal or two, you know, he's trying to go for 22 points, you know, when he's not shooting, when he was five for 17 from the field, um, you know, the missed free throws are going to happen, but they got to concentrate more too. Like I just thought they thought that Charlotte was going to fold and usually when they play Charlotte and Charlotte and the, you know, the Dukies come out to watch Tatum and there's a lot of Celtic fans that they do, the the Hornets do eventually fold, but this time they didn't, they just hung in there. I thought Mark Williams played a great game for Charlotte, all those offensive rebounds and the Celtics got to work on their defensive rebounding. Like they just give up so many second chance points. Um, Guys falling asleep and you just can't have, you know, you, you, your big's got to rebound too. Porzingis and Luke Cornett, and you got to get somebody out there who can rebound. Um, so I thought that lack of execution, you know, the two missed free throws, you know, if if if, if Holiday would splits those free throws, they probably win the game. Mm-hmm. He misses both. He just lets, you know, then they slip on defense. Missoula pulls Porzingis for the final defensive play. And then um, LaMelo goes right to the basket and hits a layup. You know, and and you know what? That whole three pointer by Miles Bridges was karma. I mean, that was so karma. Like he had, he was terrible the whole game. He just like it was the shot clock running out. He's like he just flips it up there. Like that's karma. It never should have come to that. And people can talk about the the clock situation and the uh, seconds. You know that that's true too. But the Celtics the two seconds wouldn't have won it. Like the Celtics, yeah, the Celtics can at this game in Charlotte. Like they please beat us. You know, we're not going to execute. You execute. You know, Gordon Hayward was good down the stretch and a couple of jumpers and the back door on Tatum. So I just thought it was just a slippage. And maybe it's the second night of a back-to-back and, you know, three games and four nights and all that. You know, you if you want to use that as an excuse and no Derek White, Horford was out. You know, if you want to do that. But to me, you got to grab every win you can. Now you got the Bucks coming up and the Magic and then Atlanta. Atlanta's a tough team. So, like, you got you don't want this to turn into a losing streak. You don't want this to turn into three, four losses in a row. And now, instead of all, having all the momentum going into the Milwaukee game, and Milwaukee's won five in a row, so they're right in their ship, right? You know, um, you're, you're coming off a loss, and now do we get mad Celtics? Do we get angry Celtics? What kind of Celtic team comes out Wednesday? I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. You know what, Gary, though? Here's the thing about them. I, I think you're going to see mild-mannered Celtics come out. And the reason why? Because that's who they are. They don't have that guy that's going to have that, like, Marcus Smart vitriol that's just going to get everyone all foaming at the mouth, ready to kill somebody. 
they're not built like that. They are like that that surgeon who doesn't need to have you know no, just a couple of weapons and just slice and dice you up. They don't they don't need to be fired up in order to do a great job. They just don't. Uh, I think they're going to have one of their best games in the season against the Bucks. I think that game is not even going to be close. Uh, Drew Holiday is not going to be any worse than we saw him in Charlotte. I know that. If they get Derek White back, Al Horford's probably going to play back. If they have their full complement of guys back in the fold, I don't think that game is going to be that close. And that's no disrespect to Milwaukee because I think Milwaukee's playing good basketball. As you pointed out, they were five in a row, and they have, I think, a good team. I just think the Celtics going to be like, look, we're just going to handle our business. We're not going to scream. We ain't going to shout. We're not going to get the pom-poms. We're not going to be, you know, you know, doing like the Dukies do, slapping the floor and all that nonsense. No, we just go out there and whip that ass. That's it. That's all we're going to do. That's And I think that's the mindset that they're going to come into that game. And I don't think there's a lot that Milwaukee can do. Because here's the other thing, too, about the Bucks that most people probably didn't look close at that box score. The last game, Giannis was 20 for 23 from the field. Dude took 23 shots and only missed three. So you know what the law average is going to tell you. He ain't going to be that efficient. He may get similar point totals, but he's not going to be that efficient, especially when you look at the guys who will be defending. So Milwaukee isn't going to be as good as their last outing. The Celtics aren't going to be as bad as their last outing. And those two factors come together. I see the Celtics winning this thing by double digits. Before we get into the blame pie, because I would love to see how you two divide the blame for that specific loss, I think we should first do a quick acknowledgement for Tatum. I It was very interesting that a clip from him, I believe it was, I don't know exactly when that clip initially aired, but I remember when it aired and he basically said, and it was kind of basically referring to load management. And a lot of times people, you know, they're scraping up money to go see LeBron James and Giannis and of course, the Jason Tatum. And he mentioned in the clip that ironically enough, he said on a Monday night in Charlotte, I want to make sure that someone that scraped their money for maybe their kids to see their first NBA game that I put on a performance. And that's exactly what he did on Monday night, 45 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. And he showed out in a way that I think is worthy of being a star, being a leader for this team. Obviously there was in the end of the game, a little confusion and it seemed as though they didn't have their game together, but overall, what do you think this says about not only the leadership that he has for his team, but him really trying to solidify his place as one of the top stars in the league? I mean, Tatum is, is understanding his impact beyond just points, rebounds, and assists. He, he, he understands that there are, Tatum, I think, is embracing his humanity uh, in a way that not all young folks with his skill set do. He understands that, yeah, I'm worth like, I got like nine figures in the bank. Uh, when I go to and sleep, most of it I he hasn't touched. <laughs> I, touch. I, I go to sleep and I probably made more money in that 24 hours than some people may work in their lifetime. But that doesn't mean that I should take them for granted. And I, and I think part of that has to do with the fact that he had a child at a very early age. Young age. Mm, I yeah. think Tatum is more in touch with some of those things that your average mom and dad are experiencing and going through that maybe not some of his other teammates who maybe don't have kids or, or maybe they're they're not quite, they didn't literally grow up along with their kids the way he has with Dukes. And I think all that is, is giving him a different kind of perspective and I think appreciation for little things like folks who shelling out big bucks to, to, you know, to see him play. I don't think it's a coincidence that one of Tatum's better games during this, this recent five, six games was that game in Charlotte where he knew 
He knew people were going to be ready to clown him if he went out there mm-hmm. and went seven for 29. Talk about being in Charlotte on a Monday, Monday night. Right. So <laughs> he knew that he had to put on the show, and he did. And he did everything right except get the win. Uh, and if you're a Charlotte fan, it was a perfect night for you because mm-hmm. you got to see one of the best players in the game go off and, and play well. And your home team won the game. So Tatum, I, I mean, I give him props for, for kind of understanding and embracing the role that he plays beyond being just a basketball player. Yeah. Uh, I applaud Jason for showing out 45 points. Um, get him, Gary. Get him. I feel it. I feel it. But, but that's um, his job. No, no, no. His job is not scoring 45 points a game. First of all, first of all <laughs> but I also felt like in the second half, he started settling for threes and he was, he was trying to, he was trying to wow the crowd with his, with his range. And he's got great range. I just thought he could have attacked the basket. Um, I thought he could have sealed some, you know, gotten to the rim a little bit more. And I'm not saying he had a great night, right? Great night. But, you know, I just thought there was kind of some, let me show, let me, let me show the folks a little something. And and then and there he did attack the rim, but I also thought there was just a little too much. Like you know, let me take this thirty footer, and I just feel like with Jason, I know there's nights like it was interesting because he he took one three pointer against Memphis one, he hit it. It was in the fourth quarter. He took fifteen <laughs> in against Charlotte, season high. So he went from season low, obviously, to season high attempts in three quarters. So he took 15, 15 of his 28 shots. So I felt like Jason was brilliant, but he scored 31 in the first half. He was a minus five. So his teammates didn't help him. Or, you know, and he's usually had a crazy great plus minus. He, he was a minus five. And I think he would, quite honestly, take the 45 points back to hit that free throw to tie the game. Too. I think he's hard on himself, but that was brilliant, Jason. I mean, I'm not, I just, I just felt like there was sometimes he, like the Celtics thought, okay, we're up 18, you know, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this pull up three. Like they were messing around with the game a little bit. And I just thought it came back to burn. I and mean, Jason was not the only one, believe me, I'm not putting it on Jason. I thought he was great. But I also felt like there was some times he could have really t- taken advantage of his mismatch. Because nobody on Charlotte can guard him. So um, I thought it was a good game, but it came in a loss. And I just think there was so many things to point out uh, about that game. But I credit Jason. He gave the fans their money's worth. They came out on a Monday night in Charlotte, as he said. And, you know, you all, you got to applaud having a player in today's NBA who wants to play every night, right? Who wants to, um, Give it all. No load management. No no day off. No, uh, you know, coach. I'm a little sore right now. You know, like I got a little call. Yeah, this would have been an easy game for guys to sit out. It was the second game of back to back against one of the worst teams in the league, and hey, it cost them. They all played and they lost. But I think it's a lesson to them. But also credit Jason for every night putting putting himself out there and doing his best. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. 
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Well, the crazy part about that, Gary, is that what Jason is doing is considered like old school, like playing, actually doing your job, doing the thing that you get paid millions to do is like old school. And and it, it, it kills me when I see that. And Kawhi Leonard, I'm going to use him as an example because to me, that's a poster child for low man. Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, my my initial Kwani namesake. Kawhi Leonard. KL. A cousin. A cousin Kawhi. <laughs> The queen of load management, Kwani. Exactly. <laughs> How I get in this? <laughs> you catch the strays. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> and to me, that has been one of the worst things that's happened to the NBA. Because now you got you got copycats. It's like everything that happens in the NBA. You got copycats. Other cats who want to do load management, thinking that, oh, yeah, this will just help me, you know, later in the season. I'm like, bro, you only take 25 minutes. That's the stuff that drives me nuts. And there's more and more of that happening in the NBA. And the sad part is teams are allowing that to happen, which, again, shout out to Adam Silver for saying, like, look, we, 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 we're killing that right now. And why are we killing it? Because y'all starting to mess with my money. That's why. Right now, they're trying. I'm just trying to put together the most attractive package to get the biggest and fattest media rights deals that they can get. And when you are at the table and and folks are looking at like, well, you know what? We don't really want to pay this much because you got 75 percent of your league don't play more than 70 games or something like that. That's the kind of stuff that Adam's like. Look, we, we're not trying to have that conversation. So y'all get y'all need to figure this out. Get get out there and play. Uh, that that includes the Kawhi Leonard's, the you know the. The 27-minute-a-night cats who got a little boo-boo and they, they feel a little sore because they played, like, two games in, in, in five nights. So you need, you need a night off? No, no, get your ass there and play. Much respect to Adam Silver for, for going to hammer that. David Stern will be so disappointed. Now, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. Office. <laughs> Look, this is what we're here for, apparently. I didn't, I didn't realize that's what we signed up for. Let's get into the blame game because I do want to get a sense of who do you think was most at fault for this loss or evenly divided, whatever the case may be? What does your blame pile look like? Who you got, Gary? I got a few people. I got one I'm going to go at, though. I kind of know who it is, but continue, Gary. <laughs> go ahead, Gary. No, it's collective. To me, Ooh, um, I thought Missoula, Missoula taking out, like Missoula letting his bench play early in the fourth quarter, Missoula taking out, uh, Porzingis for the final play, 
I felt like Jalen Brown was just trying to, he got early, early foul trouble. He picked up his fifth in the third quarter. Then he came in and tried to like, okay, well, I'm going to score my way into a good game. And I just thought he he made some plays. Drew Holiday with some, not only the two missed free throws, but a couple of curious turnovers. Um, Sam Hauser, one for nine. Uh, he got a lot of open shots. Uh, that final play regulation where he took us a 30-footer, I mean, that's kind of a testament to what we're talking about here in terms of just like you just need a two. And then you you try to end the game with a 30-footer. That's a hero ball shot. And I'm, and, and I'm not saying how's trying to play hero ball, but he just like, okay, I'm going to shoot this. Also, right? why was that shot for him in general? I, I didn't I just like, that well, point. Tatum got doubled. Like Tatum dribbled down. He was on he was at the sideline for whatever reason. Which where was a problem. That was a bad decision with Tatum. No, yeah. The sideline yeah. is another defender. Hayward was behind him. And then here comes LaMelo Ball leaving Hauser alone and comes in like really aggressively doubles. Mm-hmm. So Tatum passes to Hauser, who could have passed, but he's like, okay, I guess I got shoot. He knows the times coming in. And he's air balls, he airballs a 30-footer. That's just a terrible execution play. You don't dump it in, you don't get a shot, a good shot attempt, you don't get to the rack and try to get a free mm-hmm. throw. Nothing, and then you just let leave the door open for Charlotte to win the game in overtime. So I felt like it was a collective effort. Those guys looked tired. Uh, they looked disengaged after they took a 108-101 lead. Um, and it was everybody. Tatum getting beat on the back door by by Hayward. Um, you know, guys not rebounding, letting Mark Williams look like he was Shaq in there in terms of grabbing Moses Malone in his prime, looking looking like, you know, just grabbing everything, not post Malone, uh, Quan Moses. Don't Malone. do that. Don't do that. That's not even funny. You know what? <laughs> I should leave right oh, now. Like, did he say post this? Malone? No, I said Moses Malone. Um, Jeff Malone. Post, I feel so post, disrespectful. Um, I post Malone. Moses Malone. So, wow, like, they... They just did everything they could. And basically, I mean, and then, as I said, there's Miles Bridges like, okay, let me take this. And that's how you lose. That's the basketball guys talking. Like, you let these fools hang around long enough that they're going to make a play and they're going to win the game. And that's the Celtics' collective blame. Jalen, a little bit of Jason down the stretch. He goes score 45. Sam Hauser going one for nine. Porzingis missing some key free throws early. Holiday missing some key free throws late. Like, Blaine goes all around. Big pie. Gary, Gary, I love you, brother, and I respect you, but you damn dirty wrong in this one. And I'm going to tell you why. Let's see who he has. The point that the blame can go all around, that there's truth to that. But when you start going through these cats one by one, your $300 million man, that's did who not I figured. Get it done. Jay yeah. was horrible in this game, Gary. Yeah. Horrible. When you got as many made shots as fouls committed, you're not having a good night. You're not having a good night. And the thing about Jalen, not only was he not making shots, he was he was making a negative impact at both ends of the floor. Not making shots, not good at good defense, and just basically Playing like crap, and they needed him on a night when you don't got D White, you don't got Al's defense. You needed your your number two guy to play like a number two guy. He played more like a number twenty two guy. He was horrible in this game, and I love Jalen Brown, and he yeah. is one of the top. 
and I, we we had uh, we went back and forth a little bit on this on the guard report. I think Jalen Brown is a top twenty five player in this league. Um, on some nights he could be top ten, top fifteen if you got an argument can be made. Yeah, a player with that type of skill set should not be going five for seventeen against the damn Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. I'm sorry, no disrespect. Actually, no, forget that. I am disrespecting Charlotte. I ain't even trying to front like I'm not. I am absolutely disrespecting the Charlotte Hornets. He's definitely yeah. been better than that. And yeah. his inability to even be remotely better than that was a big reason why they lost. He had 13 points, and he's had less than 15 points in back-to-back games. He hasn't. He did that once last year. I think he's only had since he's been a regular starter. There have been very few games where Jalen, in the last two three years, had back-to-back games where he scored so little. Uh, typically, when he has like a, a low-scoring game in the teens, he bounces back with a big night. Uh, that was not the case, obviously, in Charlotte. I'm very interested to see what he does against Milwaukee because he has to be significantly better than we've seen him in these last two games. Because if not, they catch What's him. going on? There's a bigger question there. They're catching another L. And Sam Hauser, think about Sam Hauser, and I know he was hard with shooting the ball, but you know what? Peyton Pritchard was not. So you oh, still got comparable production from that, that particular wing guard position. Yeah. Uh, Przingis, yeah. and, and again, a lot of guys were good, but Jalen Brown, listen, a lot of guys stunk. Jalen Brown stinked the tune, if that's a word, it is right now, was a little bit higher than the rest of the guys. That's all I'm saying. Well said. Well said. No, As I, we transition, oh, yeah. No, I, As we transition, I, oh, Mike, sorry. Mike, now look, we just, look, his mic changed the moods. What are you going to say? <laughs> no, I agree. That he was bad, and I look at his November numbers, and he's struggling. Um, you know, forty-three percent from the field, thirty percent from the pre, from the three-point line, twenty point three points, as opposed to the first three games in October. Uh, the first three games of the season, he was twenty-five points a game. His offensive rating this month, one hundred and one, which is not good. So he's struggling, and you know, twenty-one for seventy from the three-point line. You know, averaging almost three turnovers a game. Uh, you know, 26 turnovers in 10 games, the last 10 games. So, uh, and, and rebounding, I mean, he's, you know, his rebounding is down, you know, and if I look at, I look at Jalen in 13 games, Jalen has six offensive rebounds. Like hey, hey, he's gotta, he's gotta be, he's gotta be better than that. He's gotta, he's gotta feed, he's gotta do other little things. Get yourself, get your T second, but you cannot have, in 13 games, a total of three, 440 minutes, six offensive rebounds. Um, he's got to be better. And you're right. You know, and I said, I just think he's trying to mold into the offense. I think he's got this well. You know what? It's my turn to, to lead us. And I don't think he's being selfish. I don't think he wants all to start him. I just feel like he feels like that's the way he's got to do his part. And there's going to be some nights where it's like, Jalen, we don't need you to score. We need to get offensive rebound. We need you to get a stop, a block, a steal, that type of thing. Like, we need you to make a play. And, you know, and it, it, that's not just a, a, a long three or a, a dunk. I mean, he tried two or three times to dunk on Mark Williams. One time he got blocked. The other time he got fouled. Um, you know, so, I, you know, he was trying to prove a point. But there's got to be more to contributing to the game for Jalen than a thunderous dunk or a long three. There's got to be a steal. There's got to be something else intangible mm-hmm. 
at times that he that can keep the team in the game and win a game that's not like scoring major points. I thought about his underwater workouts, and then I also thought about this is where my mind goes sometimes, like the Bruce Lee quote, where it's like, "Be like water, be able to adapt to the environment." And that's something that obviously he can work out underwater, but I think the same goes on the floor. What can you do to your point, Gary, uh, when you can't score so you can be like water for this team? Because that's what they're going to need you to be if you guys are going to win a championship. You want to say something? (laughs) Spitting bars. Are you saying something, Sherrod, or no? No, I'm I'm letting Well, you let me mic drop. Okay, perfect. Because this is a perfect transition. (laughs) These are your hiring goals, they say. They're very aggressive, but when everyone looks to you, you're calm. Why? Because you know you don't need a miracle, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. They streamline hiring with powerful tools that can help you find your match candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Candidates you apply, you invite to apply are three times more likely, likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in the search. Indeed does the hard work for you and they show you candidates whose resume, once again, on Indeed, fit the job description immediately after you post so that you can hire faster. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. You can start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash A-list. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit right now at indeed.com slash A-list. Once again, indeed.com slash A-list and show the that support that you got from for us by saying you heard this on podcast indeed.com slash a list terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed we were talking about blame pie so i'm gonna flip the script really quickly what is your favorite thanksgiving pie before we get into our final segment for this episode that's a, That's a good one. That's a good one. Not even close. <laughs> he said there were no other options. Gary Brennan, I said no, no, no rhubarb pie, but like that, no apple. Rhubarb. For, um, prune pie. What the, I'm just making Rube. up. <laughs> Gary, do you eat fruitcake? Prune cobbler. The nasty. Like Dwayne Wayne's mama. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. Prune cobbler. Prune cobbler. Patty LaBelle. <laughs> uh, my favorite is apple. I like pumpkin too. Pumpkin, sweet potato. I think they kind of taste similar. People think I'm crazy. Like I'm no, not. I agree. The texture, the texture thing. You know, I'm not big on yams and things like that. But 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 uh, you know, and I like <laughs> I like um, you know, cobblers, peach cobbler. You know, peach cobbler good with the ice cream. Mm. Um, you know, apple. Right. Like I, I like it all. You know, he doesn't discriminate against no, pies, is what he's saying. Oh, no, like um, you know, but the yams, eh, you know, but everything else. <laughs> You know me. I'm a, yikes. I ain't got no. Me I don't yikes. discriminate. There's no, no I'm with y'all the soup potato. I don't discriminate. Oh my god, everyone! I like the vegetable, the salad, the green bean. 
No. He said, I'm getting to the dishes now. Turkey, Caribbean sauce. Yeah, bring it on. Stuffing. He's booked because he got a Caribbean uh, Thanksgiving now. He's talking about oxtail. Oxtail, <laughs> yeah. Jerk chicken, jerk turkey, yeah. Look, same with me. And I got all the Haitian are y'all, are y'all Are y'all into the stuffing in the turkey or do y'all want it separately? Both. Really? I like it separately. I like to just like get some gravy on it. Both. I don't, because you don't want yeah, it really? inside, cooked inside the turkey. I don't need to be in there. Nah. Both. <laughs> Sherrod is hungry. I'm already hungry. I've been like waiting till Thursday, just trying to eat sparingly because I'm ready. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for indulging in my my, my quick. All the above. <laughs> he said there are no other questions to be asked. All right. Yeah. Finally, we're gonna have a do, do on this podcast. We love to do games, fill in the blanks. So for this one, we're going to do two fill-in-the-blank questions. The first one is specifically for the Celtics. The Celtics should be thankful for what? Pick your poison. Mark, Mark is smart. Oh. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I see. Because, because of Mark is smart and the value that he has, you were able to engineer, to put together this roster, the way a championship roster. If this team wins a championship, Marcus Smart should get a cut of that 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 championship because his ability to be moved allowed you to put these pieces in place to be one of the top tier teams. I don't think you get Drew Holiday and Porzingis if you don't have a Marcus Smart because even with a guy like Malcolm Brogdon who was a six man of the year, you couldn't get them with him. Mm-hmm. The Clippers looked at me like, "Now nah, we good, we good. Thanks for no thanks." So mm-hmm. be thankful for Marcus Smart and and also just be thankful for the contributions he made when he was a Celtic. Um, this this dude is still in those streets of Memphis working with kids and working with young folks and, and doing mm-hmm. all the things he did in Boston. That's a real one right there. That's a real one. Because just because his zip code changed doesn't mean he has. Much respect to my dude, Marcus. I'm Smith. sure he would hate that answer, but it was a really good one, which is why I was I was shocked. That's yeah, I was thinking. shocked too. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that he had a good answer. I was, I'm stunned. <laughs> that he had a good answer. I was oh, wow. stunned. Okay, um, okay, like right, Mike. What you got? Uh, thankful for um, Billy King. <laughs> now y'all trying to be off. Okay, explain. The former Philadelphia general man, sorry, Brooklyn general manager who traded them the the, the draft picks <laughs> so they can get Jason and Jalen. <laughs> so they should be thankful for that. That's and then that allowed it. them over the years to acquire other players because players want to play in Boston. But just the the aggression, I'm going to say thank you for the aggression of Brad Stevens for being able to go out and get Drew Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. Or even Porzingis, as, as Sherrod alluded to with Marcus Smart, because they easily could have ran back the same team as last year. It's still been a top team. It's still been a good, good quality title contending team. They could have brought Marcus back. They could have brought Malcolm back. Um they could have brought everybody back, you know, uh, cross your fingers on Robert. Now, you know, obviously Robert had some bad luck in Portland and it's now out for the season, but they could have brought the same crew back, you know, added like Shrod's buddy O'Shea said, they could have added a couple of guys here and there to the bench, ran the same back and would have been one of the top teams. But Brad's aggression, just like, you know what? I need to make some changes. Porzingis brings a new element that they haven't had in years. And then Holiday is that stabilizing force. Obviously, 
You know, he struggled against Charlotte, but he's a consistent stabilizing force for this team, along with the rise of Derek White playing really, really great basketball. Hopefully he gets back soon from uh, some of his personal uh, things he's off the court handling. So um, I'm going to say thank you for the uh, – I, I was joking with Billy King, but thank you for the aggression of Brad Stevens to basically um, be as aggressive and be as, as – Changing things when he really didn't have to. Yeah, I, I was talking to Billy King over there. Okay. Yeah, I think it was a couple one. We got yeah. you. Yeah, I'm giving out like multiple. Uh, you know, <laughs> he said you get an award and you get an award. I think mine would be okay. So mine changed over the last few answers that you guys had, and then at one point it wasn't Brad Stevens because you were trying to be funny, but and initially I'm not gonna lie, it was gonna be Jason Tatum because. Obviously, he's been able to lead his team on the floor as well. But you know what? I'm going to go outside the box a little bit as well. And I'm going to say Joe Mazzula. This is his second year as a head coach already thrown in. I know. We ain't got Sherrod's face. You know, being thrown into a role that some thought he wasn't prepared for. And at right now, right before we hit, you know, Thanksgiving, the team is 11 and three. So I think obviously he's on the floor executing day to day, night to night. But at the same time, I think it's very telling the way he's been able to lead this team as well in a way where, again, he's not physically playing this game, but he has clearly been able to keep this team together in a way where they can execute on a night-to-night basis. Of course, there are going to be some hiccups. It's still early in the season. I think Celtics fans should also just be grateful for the fact that they do have that record. They're number one in the East. They're still lead undefeated in their in-season tournament play right now. There's a lot, I think, to look forward to with this team. Of course, they're going to lose some. It, no one said they were going to go undefeated. So I think just being grateful for where this team is in this very moment, obviously that's what Thanksgiving is about. But I think as a basketball fan, I think that's something you should reflect on if you haven't already. So now we're going to get personal. What are you guys personally thankful for before we wrap up? Oh, that's real easy. I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful to be with y'all. Oh, stop. Oh, my gosh. Come on, people. I love y'all. I mean, I got my my, my man G Money with the light bright microphone over there. I got Connie with the Wakanda forever top on. He always has a joke. Y'all. It's always a joke with you. I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I appreciate y'all as well. Oh my god, I appreciate y'all. That <laughs> please strike that last, record. Last peach cobbler with, with with ice cream. <laughs> uh, that is pretty good though. I ain't gonna lie. It is a good combination. Back. I'm thankful that we're all doing well, happy, uh, progressing, living our best lives in Boston, and we're all able to do the podcast, and everything is is okay. You know, we're all we're all doing well. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for, for uh, you know just having the opportunity to not only to do the podcast but just to talk and have fun. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we all we cover professional sports for a living. Like this is. Mm-hmm. This is a job where people would love to have. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful as much as the stress and deadlines and all that stuff. This is still a a pretty amazing job. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the opportunity to do this. That's what I'm thankful for. Playing along those lines, I'm obviously grateful for being able to do this podcast with the two of you. It's been about three years, I think, at this point. I really have actually lost count as to how long we've been doing this. But also, like, we are nothing without people that listen to us as well. This is, like, a perfect setup. 
I'm grateful for the people that have been listening to us over the last few years, the people that have been watching on YouTube. I run into people on the street like, oh, we listen to the A-List podcast. What was the A-List podcast? Obviously now the Big Three podcast. So for the people that have genuinely listened to us, you know, argued with us, you know, productively, but also like agreed with us as well. I think you guys are the reason why we do this as well, because like you said, sports is always, it should always be fun. And we really are like in the toy department of life sometimes, but it's good to know that we can have this outlet, whether it's you love basketball, you just want to, you know, chat or listen to like people talk about, you know, random things on a regular basis. I think this outlet has been very refreshing for me personally. So Thank you to you guys for listening. <laughs> All right, no more sappiness until next year. That being said, we appreciate everyone that tuned in to the first episode of what is now the Big Three NBA podcast. We've said this before, but if you have a friend who is a basketball fan, a Celtics fan, just likes listening to people talk about sometimes nothing, sometimes important things, send them to us. We're on every podcasting app. We're on YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're everywhere. So make sure you tell your friends to subscribe to the new Big Three Podcast, NBA Podcast. For Ashron Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani Lunas. We hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving and we'll be back next week. <laughs>